Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are live. We're live. <laughs> Excellent. Happy Halloween yesterday. Yeah, um, let, me tell, let me tell you about that. We had 50-mile-an-hour winds I know. and rain. And I think even if that wouldn't have happened, there would be no trick-or-treaters. Our, our area of, of you know, the suburbs, I think it's like now most of, the, most of the kids go to like parties and they don't trick-or-treat. Yeah, that happens near us. But we had about six kids, but we had good weather. I mean, it was raining part of the day. Then it was, it was about 73 degrees and it didn't rain at night. Yeah. So that was an unusually warm Halloween. So there were people out. But you're right. Most of them went to parties. Yeah, it be really bad. So our, in our neighborhood, we um, they decided sort of to move it to Friday, Halloween. So we have a lot because we have a lot of kids, and yet because it was actually turned out to be very nice, in like the hours between like six and ten, um, lot we had a lot of trick or treaters. Well, I, I I mentioned yesterday in my neighborhood, back in the day, back in back in the olden days, back in the twentieth century when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, the nineteen hundreds. Yeah. There you go. They uh, back in the horse and buggy days, they used to do uh, hollow, you know, do trick or treating on the day before Halloween on the 30th. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, you, you're allegedly in New York. We didn't do that. We had, um, that we had, um, we, we, I mean, you know, what's died that tradition I think died with our generation is mischief night, right? That that was, and that, that was a lot of fun. Like, and you know, the concept of mischief night was for those of you young ones out there. Was that um, egg throwing night? Yeah, like you would you would throw eggs around. You would um you would toy the paper. Toilet paper. Um, you might flower your friends. Put soap on someone's window. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was like it was it was, it was the night before Halloween. You know, so it was like Halloween Eve. Um and uh, yeah, so my my job every year though, what I I loved I loved being I loved Mission Night for the fact that I love to be on the defensive. So right. what I would do is I would take. I would collect all year long. Like I worked at this, um, this place where they're near a tennis court, right? And their tennis balls would come flying over all the time. So I would constantly collect tennis balls and throw them in my trunk, throw them in my trunk, throw them in my trunk all year long. Mission night would come and uh, I would go onto my, uh, I could walk up the side of my roof and then go to a flat part of my roof of my house where no one could see me at all. And on that part of my house, I would um, sit there all night and look at people as they walked by, as they walked by, you know, trying to like soap or toilet paper things, and peg them with tennis balls from the sky. And no one had any idea where they were coming from because you couldn't see me. Nice. It was a blast. I like that. That was a blast. And it was like you know, you know, defending my land type thing. Yeah, it was great. I did want to mention yesterday, you weren't on the show, but um, Mike, I put up the new graph for the pizza challenge, so people can go check it out at sportsology.com. And Celeste, my hat. I can't like something's no, that's better. That's good. Leave it alone. And Celeste Pizza did overtake uh one of the uh incumbents, but I won't say who. What what I was surprised at is that you included Celeste Pizza's Twitter feed and it had a grand total of 35 oh, no. <laughs> that, that made me laugh too. Thirty five followers? That's it. Yes, I, I, we do, do want to bring this up because uh, it might be a fan page, Mike. Who knows? Oh, maybe one of the one of the guys um um 
put together like a uh, that follows me a guy named uh, a guy named Flinter. He's a uh, he does a lot of video snippets for the Leaf games. Okay. And yesterday he put out sort of like a fake lineup, or you know how how uh, us. Uh, reporters will tweet out like the line yeah. combinations and defensive pairings uh, for for the games. And what he did was he put line combinations and defensive pairings for Halloween candy. <laughs> and and you know, I know Kevin McGrand tweeted something, and because uh, it was mostly Canadian candy, you know, they're the Smarties and things of that nature. Mar Mars bars in Canada are basically Milky Ways because they don't have almonds, and in right. the U.S. they have almonds. Uh, they had coffee crisp on the number one line. I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was un, uh, completely upset. They didn't have caramel on there. Caramel bars are are phenomenal, and they didn't have them on. Is that there. a Cadbury thing? I, I think so. Caramel, yeah. basically. I mean, I think I they had that as a kid. They're, they're pretty good. My yeah. grandmother used to get that at like the import store. Okay. I, I by the way, I've taken a vote. The, the 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 viewers like the side by side rather than the three smaller windows. So, like yeah, they like. Yeah, I'm really glad I cleaned this part of my room over here. If we're going, yeah, I'm, I'm flipping you the bird in both sides. No, no, just I do think it's important to say though that <laughs> companies spend all of this time, like a year in advance, to get this Halloween candy ready. You also have to remember that. Those little bite-sized things are like one-tenth of a candy bar. Like when we were kids, we gave out a full bar, right? Oh, yeah. No, that was a big deal. And like in, in, in um, the neighborhood. Nobody does that now. I wasn't in like a – I was in a – I was in an upper middle class. Like my parents did well. But there was a really wealthy neighborhood near us. And we could – I mean, that was like definitely upper class. And we would walk there because they would give out, you know, big Hershey bars and stuff like that. Right. And uh, now, man, oh man, did you have you seen the size of the mini candies now? Yeah, they only put one letter. Like for for three musketeers, there's a T. Yeah, oh, the, it's ridiculous. The Butterfinger bite size bar is about the, is about as big as the yeah. top. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's actually some size is about right. That is about like if that 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 much of it. That's about it. And like you know, I'm a big my uh, my favorite candy is almond joy. I'm a joy fan. Um, I'm big coconut. Coconut and chocolate. I've always I, liked the combination. Like, you know. I'd like to know what these stores do because, I mean, you go into a store the couple days before Halloween, and they have literally like thousands of bags of these bite-sized candies, and there's no way that they all get sold. And there's no, no they them out. I started buying some yesterday at a reduced price. Yeah, no, they're the, ours. Ours was buy two get one free. Yes, the yeah. day before, like the day before Halloween, it was buy two get one free. Um, I want to mention, sorry, on the. On the American side, yeah, I mean, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are good, 100 grand. I don't seem to eat them most of the year, but I'll eat them at Halloween time, but I like them a lot. The interesting thing about Canada is it, I noticed that Bounty are essentially Mounds Bars and yeah. milk chocolate, and I like that. So that's that's a good one. And Arrow, like to me, Arrow beats all the Canadian bars. Yes, and, and, and Arrow – you know, and they've done this for a few years. It used to be just like it's like a malted milk center with a with the chocolate coating. Now they're doing it do it different flavors. They have a mint version. They have, yeah, a, I have the mint. That's good. Yeah, yeah. it's really really good. I mean, you know, like I said, I can't do this all the time because I'm a diabetic, and if I start eating candy like that, I'm gonna be the wrong that wrong time of year for you, man. It's really hard. It's 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 so like we had so much candy here, um, and you know, we never give it all out. And our neighbors next to us, um, they're diabetic, and they always bring over their extra candy. <laughs> so really good. So it's like you know, and it's impossible. I mean, I, I will eat as many almond joys as you can throw in front of me. You know, like I've got to like I've got to just walk away from the table. Yeah. 
Okay, here, let's, let's answer this question and then we'll start the show. What is your least favorite popular candy bar? Like it's very popular and you just don't like it. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say Snickers bar. Bingo, that's me. Really? Yeah. Good. What is the matter with you? No. I mean, it's funny because and it's, it's, it's a great marketing too because like they have this whole thing of like, you know, eat a Snickers yeah. bar and get you through. And, like, and so I've done that. I've actually like subconsciously like, oh man, I need something quick. What won't get me through? And I bought a single Snickers bar, even though I don't love, I'm not a big caramel guy, I guess. Like uh, caramel is kind of like, yeah. See, a, Snick a Snickers bar is a Milky Way with peanuts. Yes. Yeah, Snickers doesn't have caramel. It's really nougat. Yeah, it's nougat. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. different than caramel. So I, I'm not going to give a bar, but I'm going to tell you that Skittles are poison. <laughs> Skittles are just awful. Yeah, I don't like Skittles either. I agree with you on that one. It's something they like they look like M and M's, which are like some of the best candy. Well, that's the worst part. At a Flyers game, when you're hoping to get, oh, yeah, you know, they put them side by side. You've got to do a double take. Yeah, they do. They have, they have a thing of Skittles and a thing of M and M's there, and, and, at the Flyers game. and it's like you know, and I, I mean, when you when you when you end up with the Skittles instead, you're like, oh my god, what have I done? Well, we know that every time that Russ goes to a, a Flyers game, we get the obligatory Swedish fish shot. Right. Uh, now that I'm going to Sabres games regularly, they have a, a tower of candy that. Uh, like with Reese's Pieces and yeah, they, do, they do it up there in that locker. Yeah, place. so it's like I, I have to, I have to stay away from that corner. <laughs> but the Boston dessert table, I mean, oh, that's like, uh, that is that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm, that, surprised, I'm surprised Ty isn't like mainlining insulin because you know, yeah, you look there and there's like full eclairs, like you know, I know like, it's the best in the league. I mean, they, their dessert table, and you know, I mean. It was funny. I think I forget who it was. It was I think it was James Duffy the other day. Someone tweeted out, "What's the greatest thing?" In sports, besides someone said, "What's the greatest thing? In, the greatest thing to a sports writer besides a game seven? And James Duffy reply was, "The media, the media meal is at is at is at four p.m. or something like that. Like some kind of right. state, like true for everyone in the media. Yeah, like, that's only great if it's free. If it's not, if it's not free, you know, I mean, I'll pay ten bucks for them for good media meals. But like in yeah, Boston, really. you know, in Boston, they 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 will bring out. Like, I'm telling you, go cover a Hershey Bears game. You get, uh, you will get um, Hershey's chocolate." Cheesecake there, yeah. and that's great. I, I have yeah. to, I have to give the Sabers, and, and the, uh, I promise we'll start after this. I have to give the Sabers thumbs up for their upgrading of their of their uh, in the in the press box. Now they they have like uh, soft pretzels, sushi, uh, different different uh, variety of uh, of stuff in there, like hot dogs or sausages or chicken fingers or whatever. It's they really they really stepped up their game and you know. But Mike, tell the ridiculous story because for whatever reason, media members value ice cream over everything else, <laughs> and and like so we don't get ice cream in Philly. They did have an ice cream bar once when Philly was the worst team in hockey and was they wanted to sort of soothe the uh, the beast. But like in, in in Toronto, they don't give enough ice cream. You actually serve all the media. I actually appreciate this because, again, I'm a type 2 diabetic, so I don't need the ice cream, but they have a small refrigerator, and they load it up with ice cream oh, in yeah. the middle of the first period with uh, Oreos, ice cream sandwiches, and and uh, and, crazy. and cones, oh and um, they're literally, the all the reporters during the first period in the intermission go at it, and by the time, if you don't get there by a certain time, they're gone. It's amazing, <laughs> which I just laugh at. It's just you know, first come first serve. I, I, hey, I, I appreciate them even giving us that. You know, it's like we get. Oh, no, I'm not saying you shouldn't appreciate. It. I just think it's funny that they just yeah. fill it up, and if it doesn't, if it's not enough, they don't care. 
Yeah, that would be well, a good chance to go to um, go to Hershey. First of all, it's a great place to watch a game, but also um, the actual um, Hershey Park where you can take the chocolate tour. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Right. Yeah, let's, let's get started here. We better get started. The natives. All, right, all, right, all right, I think we're good. Let's do it. Here we go. Man, stuttering guitarist says his dad was from Britain and he would make eclairs with Nutella. That sounds pretty freaking good. Yeah, Nutella's gross. I love Actually, it. It's pretty good. I can do it for like a minute, and then I start like good for you, too. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. It's November, man. It's November. Hello, Hockey World. It's Friday, November 1st, 2019. I'm Michael Agello, and I'm still loving the fact that the Houston Astros choked. Oh, man. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I don't get this guy. <laughs> and I'm Eklund, and I don't – thank God that sport that we play 350 games in a season is over. Um, <laughs> we're happy. Uh, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast, and HockeyBuzz.com is the podcast. that comes every Monday through Friday in the afternoons or sometimes mornings like this. To fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I've got a blog today. That, and it's funny because, you know, I'm always looking for something. Like the, the guys here, they wanted to do a show early today. So I'm like, oh, man, so I got to release. I'm scrambling. I'm trying to find something to write about before the show, figuring out why I wasn't going to get anything good until after the show. And at 10.15, I get a call um, from someone who said, you know, the Sharks are really out there and they're trying to make they're trying to make a move. Um, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I mean, who could they make? We were sitting there talking. Who could they make a move with it? Well, you know, <laughs> the, team the team they've talked to the most is Toronto. And I just – I'm like, oh, God, you know, like everybody talks to Toronto. I'm thinking this is crazy. I don't want to – do I really want to put Toronto in another rumor because I know I'm just going to – we're in a rumor yesterday, you know, like I talked about Toronto yesterday. Um, but, you know, obviously they're they're struggling, all this stuff's happening. So, I mean, you know, they – you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, so I talked to him, and he says, well, you know, there's the thing about the Sharks. Okay, first of all, they're a minus 16 goal differential, which is second to last in the league. Um, you know, only the Kings are worse, and the Sharks are tied with the Red Wings right now. Um, there, and we all knew they would have trouble keeping the puck out of their net. We kind of figured that they were going to have, um, their goaltending would be, would be, was struggling. It has, I mean, their goaltending is struggling lately and obviously they're not looking at Toronto for goaltending. Um, but you know, the, the thing that's funny about it, they are, they are in the NHL and defense, which is, you know, I wouldn't have put them there, you know, at all. I mean, I did, I did predict, predict the Sharks would finish sixth place. If you remember, right. And the, and the, and the Oilers finished first right now. Who's in what position? Yeah, it always looks good in October. Right? Looks pretty good right now. Um, November actually, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the so I was talking to him and he said, "Well, you yeah, know, they have these three defense. They have they're one of the only teams. They might be the only team in the NHL. I didn't have time to look it up. That has spent almost exactly the same amount on their top six defenses they've spent on their top twelve forwards, which is like a crazy number, right? When you think about that, that's thirty six and it's like thirty six and thirty six roughly for each of them." Um, their top four, four, their top four forwards being, of course, the lion's share. Um, in you know Carlson, um, Carlson Burns, Vlasic, and even Brendan Dillon makes three point two, right? So you're looking at those four are are all significant. Um, those four alone are like thirty million dollars, um, or even more than that, I think. Well, so they, uh, and they got rid of Braun. Otherwise, think about what that. Oh, that's why. I mean, you see now. You see now why Braun and Pavelski are not there because I mean they have three hundred thousand dollars. They're three hundred thousand dollars under the cap. The Sharks are so they are not in a spot to take on any money. However, the interesting thing about them is they have all of their big players, with the exception of Brendan Dillon, signed for like, for the next couple years. Right. And next year they're at sixty four million. You know, um, so. 
when you think about that, that's that's that gives them some money next year to play with, or some deals they can make of players moving that, that are going to be signed in the future, right. uh, ways they could help out teams, you know. So, all right, so they're sitting there. They've got. The, I mean, could they really move one of those three? Def- one of those top three defensemen. I mean, Carlson's. Okay. Move Carlson. Okay, let's let's take him out. That's eleven million dollars. Okay, that's 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 obvious. That 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 would be insane. Okay, um, be, he's like, yeah, you know, they could move one of the top three defensemen, and I said, no one's going to take Carlson. That's what I said to him on the phone. Like, no one's, and he's like, yeah, but I've been told they could move one of those top three defensemen. So I, that's what I wrote. So I'm going to get killed for it, but that's what I wrote. They top three defensemen. Okay. Um, all right, so yeah, I'm almost going to let you go, Mike, because I know you're chomping at the bit to tell me how wrong I am. Um, and uh, and then and then we have um. So then, you, then you have Vlasic, who's having a really rough year, and Burns, who is, you know, he's a he's a great defenseman, um, who's all over, you know. But he's look at the look at the Sharks, you know, they definitely need to score. No one thought they'd be twenty fifth in in offense. I mean, that's that's a terrible. The Sharks have scoring, right? Um, meanwhile, in Toronto, you've got a team with that doesn't have hardly hardly has any defenseman signed for next year, and except for the one, and has a couple forwards. That a couple forwards that are probably bonus forwards that not that you know they could that they could maybe move in you know Nylander and Kapanen. Um, now obviously the money wouldn't match up. The Sharks would ha- Sharks would have to retain money on a deal like this, and that's the problem. And it's not a problem when you look at the fact that, that they do have this cap space moving forward because remember you know Thornton and Marlowe are probably not you know who knows how many years they're going to come back. So at this point, when, and Mar- Marlowe is really cheap, but even Thornton you know. So they could they could keep half the money on somebody like Vlasic or somebody like Burns, right? But um, the, but that the, the the problem is, Ak, is that when you retain, you retain for the length of the contract, and with oh, yeah, yeah. And, and if I mean if San Jose is soured so much on Vlasic that they're willing to retain fifty percent of his salary, which is three point five million dollars for six yeah. more years, which I believe is the length of the deal. Yeah. Um, you know that, I mean, well, actually, yeah, he's six more years after this year, he's 7 million for the net for the next six years after this year, he's 32 years old. So he signed 39. Yeah. And I know that there's a, there's a desire here for the Leafs to, it's a win now scenario, but, um, I, I simply do not see how it's possible. I mean, first of all, if they if it if you're talking about like them not retaining anything, then the only guy that matches up salary for salary would be Nealander. Yeah. And you're talking about trading a 23 year old forward for a 32 year old defenseman. That's right. not, that's not happening. Um, the if you look at the, this is the shark situation, Carlson's got a no move. Vlasic has a no move, and Burns is the only one that's movable in the sense of he has a modified no trade. So they could trade him, yeah. and we don't know whether Toronto is on their list or, or not. But the thing is. Burns is the last type of defenseman the Leafs need. He's an offenseman. He's like yeah, Barry. I mean, he's he's a better version of Barry or Gardner, but he's like that, and that's not the type of the defenseman they need. So, I yeah, I, yeah, I don't see there's any possibility. Right. Go ahead. I'm going with this. I think they would go for the Vlasic type, and I do don't think Vlasic done. But I have to ask this question because I'm looking over the Sharks system. You trade Vlasic. They've already got Mario Ferraro in there. Who exactly are you putting on the blue line? Yeah. Merkley? Merkley, I mean, you know, he's got already yet. 10 games. He's not he's not mentally mature to play in the NHL. So I don't think Merkley even plays in the NHL next year. Yeah. And Jeremy Wah, who's really good but has had major injury issues, and, and, you know, he played 58 games last year. He's playing seven right now. He's yeah. not had enough games. 
So they don't even have anybody who you could put in there. So even if they did this, they would be have they would have a patchwork defense, and their season would definitely be over. Like it's not even a question. I I mean, yeah, it, I mean they would have a patchwork defense. You're right, and you could argue that the they're 25th in the league defensively with that defense is either you can either say that defense is playing you know poorly which it is or you can say that that defense is keeping them from being you know 30 38th in the league because you know that's yeah, the- I, I get mean- that but it's really the goaltending that's that gives the defense no confidence and yeah, I agree that and, and that's where yeah, I think exactly. they really need to focus on yeah and the fact you really have you know Vlasic is really the only pure defensive defenseman they have and right. uh, and you know, and that is the and Va- you know the one they the Braun who they who they let you know trade to Philly or let go to Philly. Um, we're gonna make a cap. <laughs> we're making coffee over there. Sorry if you can hear that. You can't hear that sound. Yeah, I heard it. I heard okay. it. Hey, all right, never mind. I'm gonna mute myself for a second. Um, but uh, yeah, Braun who they traded to Philly he was defensive defenseman. You know. Yeah. yeah. Right, and and uh, if you're talking about if if you know cap considerations be damned. If it was simply the defenseman who would help out the Leafs the much the most in their current predicament, it would be Vlasic. But Vlasic again, he's 32. He's declining. Last year he played bad, really bad at times. People thought, you know, what's going on? But you know, remember, this is a guy who eats 20 minutes a night, blocks shots, is a defensive yeah. is a defensive beast. Now he's a right-handed guy, right-handed shot, so that that you know he he still he'd be still attractive, but. He's, I mean, he's at an age and, and in terms of wear and tear where you're, you're looking, you're looking at maybe a window of two to three years where he's effective. And then he's a boat anchor in terms of a contract. So I don't, I, I think, I think the Sharks are stuck with the three defensemen. Now, granted, I think they're going to play better. Um, I think they're going to play better, better going forward. And I, and, you know, I think that Doug Wilson might be looking to make some sort of shakeup because, he doesn't have a history of firing coaches during seasons. He's only had two coaches. This is his third coach, DeBoer. Ron Wilson and McClellan were his two, and that was over, I think, 15 or 16 years. So they're not going to fire anybody, but they might shake up the roster. But I don't see how it's possible, at least in the Toronto perspective. If there's other teams out there, like yeah. I'll, I'll, give you a t- I'll give you a team that it makes perfect sense for them to trade for a – Big a big price defenseman like a Vlasic who might help a young team win a cup, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a lot of good young defensemen coming, and they might yeah. not want to have a seven million dollar uh, cap hit. But if you're talking about a team that lo- is looking for, you know, basically another Adam Foot type of veteran guy who could who could solidify their blue line if they if they decide they're going to make a cup run, yeah. that Vlasic would make a lot of sense for a young team like Colorado. But I I just don't see it's tough to move those contracts unless you're getting back a contract that is just as long. Yeah, again, I, you know, if you look at it, if you I was just looking at the goaltending tandems in the league, you know, they're probably. Fourth or fifth worst. Oh yeah, they are. They are fourth or fifth worst. I think. I think honestly, I think where Wilson is going to go in terms of addressing this need, and it may be had to be sooner rather than later, is to add a goaltender because I think he can do that. And a team like Ottawa with Craig Anderson, who I mean, we know Ottawa is bottoming out this year. We know they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Um, they this too because as as uh, Bardicus points out in the chat room, they have traded their um, the Ottawa might not want to do that. They traded their draft pick, their first round draft pick to Ottawa. Um, 
you know, this year coming up. So the Sharks, Ottawa has the Sharks first pick and it's right. not, not lottery protected. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, I don't know that they're going to be giving them a goalie. <laughs> well, that's fair. But there's other teams, but it's hard to do it now. It's right. hard to get a team yeah. to do it now unless you're taking someone who's strictly in the AHL and, and making a deal. And so, like, that's where you have to look at it. Who are you going to get in the AHL that would be better than Martin Jones or at least better than Aaron Dell? I would think, uh, yeah, I mean, I would think that, you know, I would think Jimmy Howard would be possible. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be an NHL goaltender from a team that we that we expect or that right now we we look at and say they're they're going to be bottom dwellers. You have to trade Jones for Jimmy Howard, like you, money wise, you can't swing that, right? Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I mean, plus, I really, I really want, want ideally you want Jones to be the backup and you want to get somebody else in there and let him watch for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, could you could you trade for Auntie Ranta with uh, with Arizona because Kemper is the number one? I don't think they do it only because I I feel like they think they're in the race and so far they are. So I don't think they would do that. Yeah, right. and I want to talk today about that about the goaltending tams list that I put up the other day. We'd get into that. Um so um but I think I imagine mean, I want I want um Craig Anderson to go to Toronto just so the Babcock has to say like Anderson's going to go it's not happening. Why wouldn't it happen, Mike? Why wouldn't because, it happen? Because they're 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 in a money in money out scenario right now. They're up against the cap. They said they, somebody for off their hands. Was that? I don't want to take somebody off their hands. They don't really have anybody to take off their hands. They really have somebody to take off their hands. No, I'm I'm saying like right now, right now, who's the player on the Leafs roster who is making way too much? That they would dump to open up cap space for somebody else. They don't want to dump Janssen or Kapanen. They don't want to give away uh, Nylander. Um, yeah. they're, 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 you know, Cody Cece might be the only one, and Cody Cece's on their top defensive pairing right now. So, other there, there really is nobody to sort of like. I mean, if you get a defenseman for Cody Cece. You know, if the team will take that back, and that's a way yeah. of improving your blue line, okay. That's but that's a money in, money out uh, scenario. It's a, it's you know, you're trading cap space for cap space, and they, yeah. they would probably have to add a young asset on top of that to make that kind of deal. But no, I mean, right now they sent Nick Patan down to the minors this morning to open up seven hundred and fifty or seven hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in cap space. Uh, they're going to be at twenty-one players. When Zach Hyman comes back, they have yeah. no room. Oh, no. I know, I know, I know they don't, but they, uh, I don't know. At some point, I I mean, there's no great solution here for the Sharks. At some point, someone's going to get hurt on Toronto. They're going, they're going to get hurt on Toronto. They're going to open up cap space at the real near the deadline, and they're going to oh, have. Happen. I mean, right. they they have no choice but to bring in a backup. They have no choice. They have to bring in a backup. If they're a playoff team. It, it, unless they're unless they're not making the playoffs, they're going to have to bring in a backup. If well, see, then this is the interesting thing over the last couple of days, and they have injuries right now, but nothing that will qualify to put on long-term injury. Muzzin had a Charlie horse from a Tom Wilson hit on Tuesday. Tavares is practicing, but he's been out two weeks with a broken finger. 
if they decide that Hutchinson is not good enough to be their backup, they have nobody in the organization to fill in for him. If they, they, and right now there's talk about them like moving out on Nick Patan or moving out on Martin Marinson. And the only reason that they're doing that is because they're at 49 pro contracts. They right. can't add somebody. They'd be at 50 and then they have no flexibility whatsoever. So they're between a rock and a hard place right now. They need to, before anything, they need to play up to their expectations to, take the pressure off and I don't think a trade or any kind of tweaking move is going to make the difference now, no, uh, now let's, let's let me briefly get into my other blog from two days ago now and, uh, and then we'll get off the Toronto topic but um, the uh, yeah so I was talking we talked about it the day before in the podcast and then I had somebody contact me who said that you know didn't agree with what you were saying Mike or what the all Toronto media say, which is, which, no this is no this is not your story. This is this. I'm just kidding no, but you're right. I mean, you're writing and saying what everybody up there is writing and saying, right. and that because you know, that is what you're all being told that Bab the Babcock is safe. You know, for now that that he's going to be that he that they're going to see him through the playoffs and everything's going to be you know if if he doesn't do well in the playoffs or maybe doesn't make the playoffs or whatever that that's problem. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, I I'm hearing the this guy I was talking to is hearing quite the opposite that they they have to make the playoffs that they they will that they will make that they will make a move if, if they are not in the playoff run by like Christmas. Right. I mean, if they're, not, they're not definitely like in a space, space that they don't have to worry. I mean, you have to give, if they don't have a buffer of like, you know, six or seven, eight points or whatever. Well, that, I mean, yeah. that, that's pretty, that's pretty much what I've been saying in the sense that the only way Babcock gets fired in season is that they lose 12 games in a row. If they're 12, 14, 16 points out of a playoff spot, if they're within, I mean, right now, no, my, my guy was saying the opposite. My guy was saying that they have to be six points in a playoff spot for him no. to be safe. I, I honestly, I, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know who it is, and I don't want to know. I, I, I just, right, right. I just, right. I just think that they're way, way off base. I, 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 I mean, this is the thing that's been obvious to me, and and why why I kind of buy it is that it's been obvious the, the they've been so. The Leafs, ever since Brian Burke left, have been so all about, like, you know, basically putting out messages and 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 controlling the the conversation with their team, like all the time. They they have control. They they mm-hmm. they're very much they're saying, okay, this this is what this is what's happening. Whether it was when they started off, you know, we're gonna have years of pain, to like, you know, Babcock has been very much like he said whatever he wanted they wanted him to say. He's done that, and you know, and then that's. That's growing. That that's getting a little bit old for Mike Babcock because he doesn't, you know, he he wants to keep his job. Obviously, he's got the money; it doesn't matter. But he's he's got a lot of ego, a lot of pride, so he's going to keep the money and, and and keep his job, right? So that's um. But at this point, you know, really, when you look at that and what he brought up, you know, and, and we've obviously said it many times, is that they are built to win this year. Like this is a year that they are built to win because after this year, that it, it gets significantly harder because they're going to have to bring those defense. They can't bring, they won't be able to bring their whole defense back. No. Um, they'll have to figure out something else. No, but I think that's why they're seeing it through with him. Like I, I they're, they're not firing him. Act. I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing is right now, act, and, and again, 
once you've turned over one third of your roster, it is it would be irresponsible for them to fire Babcock in November or December when you know he's got two new guys on defense, three, four new forwards. Uh, you know, it, I mean, it there is an adjustment period, and I said at the beginning of the season it was gonna they they were probably gonna start out slow because, and ironically, the guys who have started out slow have been the core guys and not the new guys, but still there's yeah. a there's an area of adjustment. But the the whole point here is. Uh, you know, if there was a want from Kyle Dubas to fire Babcock in the during the summer, he had the power to do it. It was not it was not something where you know Brendan Shanahan said, "No, Kyle, you can't do it." It was it was reported widely that Dubas had full autonomy to do what he wanted to do with the coaching staff. Now they 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 let go of the assistants. They brought they brought in Dave Haxtell to handle the defense, Paul McFarland to handle the forwards and the power play. Yeah. Right now. It's not working. It's 13 games into the season. There, with Montreal's victory yesterday against uh, Vegas, the Leafs are out of a playoff spot by one point. Yep. Everything, you know, but nobody, nobody expects Buffalo to be in the top three uh, in 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 the Atlantic. Nobody expects Tampa Bay to be out on the outside looking in. That's the thing. You can take Buffalo out of there. It doesn't matter because you you can. You, Everybody thinks Tampa's in, and but if you think Tampa's, in, you know, but they're all they're all they're all jumbled. The Leafs are playing their worst hockey that they've played, uh, and they're right there in terms of be, like. So imagine if they actually play the way they they're expected to, which is like win seven of ten games, then they'll be in pretty good shape. I I I don't think that this is something where. Uh, you know, he is in danger right now. Like, like I said, if they're if January 1st comes around and they're eight to ten points out of a playoff spot, then he might be in a, in a little bit of trouble. But they're only going to be that way if they lose again, like 10 games in a row. Plus, if they if they fire him now, they they ruin a whole summer of blaming for Leafs fans of Babcock. You don't want to do that. Um, uh, yeah, the other, thing is, the other thing is with this game coming up with Philly. With the Leafs having this rest, I expect them to come out pretty hard against Philly. I would, and I think Philly yeah. will have trouble keeping up with their speed. If something else shows up on the ice, maybe I change my mind, but I doubt it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. They're gonna, they're gonna have a real tough time against Philly. There's no question about it. No, they're not gonna. No, no, I mean, no, they're I gonna have a tough time against them. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, I agree no, on that 100. I think that that's 100 true. I mean, to me, the issue is more like, okay, Nylander's playing well. You know, Matthews is. Obviously, Tavares is hurt. Although I guess he's skating now, right? He's, he's probably going to play. It looks like he's he's taking line rushes today at practice. It looks like he'll be back tomorrow against Philly. Right. So, um, yeah. So that that's. I'm going to put him in on fantasy, Mike. No, but but, uh, but Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin probably won't be in the lineup, uh, and then that means uh, the uh, perennial Norris Trophy candidate Martin Marinson will get in the lineup. If I put him in, and he doesn't play, Mike. It's on you. Okay. He's oh man. Um, no. Yeah. So to me, but to me, you, they, he's got to get Marner, you know, Tavares, and uh, Matthews. They have to be playing well, right? Like that's the key. Like it's it, it and he, and if they if there's issues, if there continue to be issues, like Marner's not playing that well. Um, if they're you know Matthews is playing well. Marner, Marner's generating points. He's scoring at a ninety point pace, but he's yeah. not playing as well. Defensively, I, I and you know I'm not going to give all the takeaway 
yeah. all blame because he isn't because Tavares is hurt or because Zach Hyman's out. But there is a level of comfort when you play with a certain line, and and when those guys aren't around, then it's the more the focus is on you. They're paying him almost eleven million bucks. They expect him to yeah, pay. You, you, yeah, you, you, when you get eleven million dollars, it doesn't matter if they're right. they're out. <laughs> um, that's for sure. So I agree with that. Um, I uh, so I think that that's what's going to come down to, and they they have to. The problem is they are dealing with a division where Buffalo is better than everyone thought they would be. Tampa's yeah. going to be better than they going to be better for sure. Florida is good, really. And Florida is going to be a factor. We all kind of knew Florida would be a factor, but they're going to be a factor. Then Boston is is just Boston. They're running away with it. So yeah. I, I mean, my, my my point of view is that I mean, I thought there would be a chance that Boston was gonna was gonna have a little bit of a hangover. They haven't. They're they're just a professional team that wins. I, I Tampa has too much talent not to be better than they are right now. Yeah, Florida is better. Uh, I don't think, you know, I'm sorry. I don't think Buffalo is for real. I think this is a blip. I think that they'll come back down to earth as, as the season goes along. If they don't, God bless, you know, that's great. I mean, then, then, you know, the Kruger's had a great effect, but the Leafs are one of the top four teams in the Atlantic and that they'll make, they will make the playoffs. If they don't, then Babcock is done. Right. I, I think, I think the biggest thing right now for the Leafs is positioning themselves for the playoffs because nobody's going to have, faith in them playing the Bruins. Whenever that happens, that's you're going to look at that series and Vegas is going to bet against the Leafs. Everybody is going to bet against the Leafs, except for maybe Leafs fans. But that's what you have to try and avoid. If you yeah. can't avoid that, yeah. I don't know how the season works out anyhow. Yeah. They're, yeah. Al they're almost better off They're almost better off uh, finishing in the wild card, but then they play Washington, and Washington it gives them as much of a tough game. There's a chance because Boston seems to be in their heads. I don't think Washington necessarily in their heads. Maybe Ovechkin is now, but I doubt it. Yeah, they Here's just they'll finish in the wild card and play Boston. Yeah, they did. They, right there, you go. They they just don't play the game, the type of game. And I've said this for years. They do not play the type of game that is conducive to beating the Bruins or beating the Caps. They are uh, and and Dubas has doubled down on being a completely speed and skill team. Yeah. And then and 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 only in the la like the, on, against Washington on on Tuesday they showed a little bit of pushback, but they had to have Tom Wilson run a couple of their defensemen to show any kind of you know spine and say you can't do that. Yeah, but I don't think one guy saves it. Like if they traded for Matt Martin, I don't think that no. saves them. No, from, from this problem because it's a team toughness exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and, that, and, and that's the thing. More Morgan Riley started cross-checking somebody who took a run at Matthews. Freddie Gauthier stood up for 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 uh, uh, Barry after he got that. So if if you do that, at least that diffuses some of the ability of some of these teams to say we can push them around and they're not going to do anything if they do something. I think what we're saying without saying it is. The Leafs really miss Zach Hyman probably way more than they thought they would. Or they right. And Zach Hyman isn't exactly a goon. Zach Hyman no. more than well, they stuff in the corners. Right. I mean, they've got, they've got enough talent. They should not miss him as much. But um, they do. But, but he. They, yeah, no, no question. I mean, one thing's sure: if the Leafs are definitely out of the playoffs, they've got a lot of players that could trade at the trade deadline. Like they're they're not trading of, anybody at the deadline. A lot of UFAs. I mean, they've got a lot of defense. Yeah, but they will not do that act. They will. Yeah, go saying that if they were out, they, they would. Be I know. Out. They're going to go to the bitter end. They can't. If yeah, Matt, they bail on this season, what the effect would be on their fan base? I know they can't. I'm just saying, that. and I don't think they're going to be. I mean, I'm, listen, I, I picked them to finish first, so I'm still. I'm going to stay with my pick. I still think they're going to make it, but I'm just saying. It, the only the Babcock thing is if they if they aren't, you know, like that. that yeah. 
that it doesn't that it's not a guarantee and they won't because you're never going to get the slightest sign from them that they could be trade that they could fire him. I mean, they're never going to give you the, if they fired him, it would never be like, you wouldn't hear somebody like saying suddenly the Babcock's job's in jeopardy. You wouldn't hear that. It would just happen because they're so good at controlling their messages. True. But, you know, and that's what I've, that's what, that's what my source said. And he really feels strong about it. So we'll see. And, we'll uh, and last thing, stuttering, stuttering guitarist in the, in the chat, in the chat says they miss Kadri. Yeah. They miss Kadri when he gets suspended for stupid yeah. things in the play. Yeah, I mean, Kerfoot's done a good job. I don't think they're missing Kadri. Honestly, yeah. they're, they're, they're the most amazing in Colorado though. We have to admit that. Kadri. No, yeah, no, no, but yeah. wait, wait till, wait till he gets suspended for oh, taking punches. Right. Right. Taking a baseball swing at Connor McDavid's head. Wait, hey. this is 20 games in the middle of the season. Then they're not going to be thrilled. If, if he had better impulse control, I would have had no problem keeping Kadri. He's just stupid on the ice. He makes stupid plays. Yeah. But you know, but Toronto was his team as a kid. He always wanted to play for Toronto. I mean, the whole process of getting suspended, getting, getting traded out of there, that may, that may have woken him up. You know, you never know. Maybe we'll see. I mean, there's I a lot of things out. If anything would, this would have, I think so. There's a lot of season left. Let's let's talk let's talk about the goaltending tandems because that's an interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went. I was trying to go through my top ten goalie tandems so far this season, and it's a little tricky because part of it has to be you know I'm not just basing it on the stats because stats wise it's really it's kind of fascinating who the top ten would be. Um, I mean, so I guess we'll go from number number one down. Um, okay. Should we go ten to one or one to ten? What do you guys think? Ten, ten to one. Ten to one. And give us give us two or three each time. Yeah, we'll start with number ten. Um, which would be Hutton and Allmark from the Sabers, okay. um, you know, and that's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I, I I think that best they're they're in the like sort of fifteen to twenty category because you have no number one. You have a you have you basically you have a tandem here. Uh, uh, Hutton is a glorified backup, um, and Allmark Allmark could be the number one if he continues. To have you know he's performed pretty well this year, but they're going to go with Hutton because Hutton has the experience. Yeah, but they really don't have a number one, and it's sort of like they're flailing about one A, one B, going back and forth. Whoever the hot goalie is, and they're really waiting for Ukapeka Lukanen in a couple. Of yeah, and I mean, if you're going to percentage wise, like you know, I was doing it basically based on you know, if I was. I mean, they're, play, they're playing great right now, Act. No, no, yeah, no. They're, that's Hutton's, Hutton's tenth in the NHL, and uh, Elmark is sixth. So, I mean, you have two yeah. of the top ten, which I think puts you at least in the top ten. I mean, like you know, because that I mean, when you think about two of your two of your goalies are in the top ten, that should put you maybe in the top five. So if, they, if they continue to play this way, the Sabers will make the playoffs. My assertion is they will not continue to play this way. I, I can tell you as much as I like Linus Olmark, he's not going to end the season with a nine thirty two save percent. Right. Exactly. Yeah, well, I don't don't disagree with you guys. Um, but that's why I put him at that's why I put him at ten because honestly, oh, they, they should fair. be higher than that right now based on how they've done so far. Okay. Next one um, is 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 kind of interesting too. I thought um, these guys so it would be um, Markstrom and Demko um, mm -hmm. out in Vancouver. Vancouver is really is really becoming a force. You know, like they really are. Um, the now, the interesting thing about this is Markstrom, if you're going to say percentage wise, is 27th in the NHL. Right. Demko is second. But that's but that's a that's a that is a symptom of the sort of wide open offensive play that the Canucks do. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Markstrom is basically the Western Conference ver version of Freddie Anderson. He's playing well, but his save percentage is lower because he takes so many he gets so many shots against. So yeah, I I, I, I I would take that. That's fine. So there I had that well, you know how I feel about Demko. I mean he again as much as I love this kid, he's not gonna end the season with a nine forty one save percentage. Right. I, I think you know like I saw product before I think he's one of the best goalies in the in the world. Um all right Number seven, 
Um, Cosmo who is eight? Uh, no, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm to, uh, go back to eighth would be Varlamov and Grice out of in, in on the island. <laughs> go ahead. No. no. Why? Because Varlamov's not going to hold it up, or he's going to get hurt. Grice is off to a great start, and Grice is a good goalie. He'll tail off a little, but I could see Grice being in this list. I can't see Varlamov holding it. In the here, in the here, pair, the best pairing. So when your Grice is technically your backup, is you know six. And save percentage in the NHL right now. Right. Okay. In the here and the now with the Islanders winning seven games in a row, I understand why you put it there. But the thing is, again, this is a situation where you have no number one. Varlamov is injury prone. He gets hurt every year. And Bryce is not a number one goaltender. Now, you know, are they both, you know, would they be like really good, like 30 game backup someplace? Yes. But neither one is a good starter. Okay. I mean, I, I think, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think either one, I think both were, I think Grice was definitely built to be a tandem goalie, like, right. you know, and Grice and Leonard were, was a great, was a great thing. Um, but yeah, I think these guys deserve to, I mean, obviously they deserve to be there right now. They're, they're, they're one of the best team defense of teams in the NHL too. I mean, that, that is a deep, they, they, there's no question in the system. I mean, you can talk about what Leonard's done in Chicago versus what he did in, on the Island. The system plays into it for sure. I mean, will, will Varlamov be healthy for the playoffs? He wasn't last year. Yeah, no, that that's a tough one for them. But they are right now. I mean, they're they're killer team. Okay. Um, Seven. And this is this this list. Remember, is X top ten goalie tandems this season so far? Okay, right. that's what this is. Oh, no, we get it. It's the hottest of hot takes. Got it. So, yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Seven. Uh, and they, these guys could be higher, but I put them Koskinen and Smith from Oh Edmonton. my God. Why not? Why wouldn't they be? Oh my God! They could be one of the worst tandems in this league. I completely disagree with you. Oh, how is this, how can they be one of the worst tandems in the league? Because Nico Koskinen is an overpaid backup. He's four point five million dollars, and the only reason that the Edmonton Oilers are winning games is because Connor McDavid and Drysaitel make up sixty percent of their offense. They're brutal. Well, right now Koskinen nine twenty two. So I know, I know. Nine nineteen. I mean, we're talking about. Two guys. Basically, if you have a, if you, if your goalies have are, are you know around nine twenty as a tandem, that that's that's sure. Smith is capable of holding it. Koskinen is not. Yeah, no, no. We'll see. I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> Koskinen's five and one, guys. Keep going. This is entertaining. I love this. Keep going. He's five and one, Koskinen. Right. Yeah, five and one. He's five and one. Let me say about that. All right. Anyway. All right. Next up, since you guys like this list so Six. much. Six. All right. Oh, we can tell you where it's hard. Um, next up, I have um, Murray and Jerry in Pittsburgh. No, that's and they might be in my book. They might be higher, but that's actually no. Nope, sorry, yeah. I skipped another one. Damn, that's number five. I, <laughs> I was going to say they should be higher. They're number five. Six, I have Ranta and Kemper out in Arizona. Um, well, well, I think that's fair. If I'm, both of them were healthy at the same time, I would say you're you're right on because they. But they're all there's always like I think the game in Buffalo on Monday was like the. First or second game where they were both healthy at the same time. They still have oh, yeah. they still have Eric Comrie on their roster because yeah, I'm not one hundred percent sure that their goalies are. But they're both you know they both performed well and and Arizona's in in the playoffs right now. I mean, or they're in a spot where they would be in the playoffs. So okay, fine. No, right now I'm okay with that. Denver's fifth in the NHL right now in save percentage. Okay, yeah. Um, you know what's crazy about this list, and I, this is absolutely insane to me. Um. Robin Leonard, where do you think he is save percentage in the NHL? Right? Probably under under nine hundred. Yeah, you'd think that, right? That's I what I thought. 
Well, I know he faced 51 shots against Nashville a couple days. That's where it is. He faced a lot of shots, so maybe that's what's faced a ton of shots. Um, shots against uh, – let's see if I can see the shots against number for him. He um, has faced 219 shots against in six games. Anyone want to figure that? That's like almost uh, – it's almost – that's 35 a game. Yeah, that's, that, that's a testament to the Blackhawks' awful defense. Yeah. He is fourth in the NHL in save percentage. Robin yeah, Lee. because he does face a crap load of shots, and he is a good goalie. He is 936 a save percentage. Yeah. That's just, I mean, so like, I'm sorry, he doesn't look good when he, like, he does, like, the problem with Robin Leonard, and this is why, you know, last year, all these fun things with Leonard and Grice. I mean, obviously, I don't hate the river on Leonard. He's been through so much. I'm not, I'm just saying, but as a goaltender, I, he makes me really uneasy, and he, really looks bad when he scored on like more more than any other goalie in the nhl you know just for whatever but he does make some killer saves too so it's oh, like he does. look he, right now he is a workhorse even crawford staying healthy is a workhorse i've watched a fair amount of blackhawks games they're under siege those goalies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can't argue with this i'm not going to argue it it's it's crazy isn't it i mean it's, it's absolutely crazy all right so that's um all right so getting back to my thing sorry here that is number Five, six. That was Rand and Kenter. Six. Um, five is Murray and Jerry. Right? I have no problem with that one. And they've been really good. I mean, Jerry really solid. could be higher in my book. Yeah, Jerry is third in save percentage in the NHL right. at right. nine thirty nine. You know, um, that's pretty crazy. And Murray is twelfth. So you're talking about, you know, they should definitely be in the top six. You know, at least because the, they're their two goalies are in the top twelve. Right. So, yeah, so that's really to me. Yeah, they've been they've been much better than people. Kind I, of I I have three pairings right now that I think are better than all these. But I want to I want to hear where to go. Um, number four, Russ, you'll like this one. <laughs> I did it. Uh, Gibson and Miller in Anaheim. Yeah, it, that's 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 very just because I think we forget Miller's there, but he's had some really good games. Yeah, Miller is Miller has been crazy this year. So Miller Miller so far is number eight. He's his nine twenty nine save percentage, two ten yeah. goals against average. I mean, what is he thirty seven? Yeah, yeah. He hasn't lost yet. He's three. He's three. Oh, crazy good for them. I mean, it's just it's just nuts, you know. And Gibson, you know, who everybody you know loves, is number sixteen. So it's number eight and sixteen. We almost forget Ryan Miller's there. That's the sad part. It's crazy. Gibson is five and six. Um, you know, so but having a goal, yeah, he's under siege. He's under siege, no question about it. Having a goalie that so he's, Gibson has played eleven games and given up three hundred and twenty-three shots. So <laughs> I think well, he hasn't given him up his defense. Has, defense has, but has faced three hundred twenty-three shots. You know what I think though, Eck, and I don't have a stat for this, but I thought I heard this the other day that he's faced like the most point-blank shots in the league. Too. I think point-blank, yeah, because their defense is is that is that crazy. Um, I do agree uh, that that's really the case. Um, all right, so now it brings us to the top three. Okay, right. uh, number three. I have Price and Kincaid, and this one, you know, it's kind of tricky because statistically, you know, they're really not doing it. Um, but this is another case of where they are absolutely facing point blank shots. You know, like I've watched. I watched. Now, Kincaid was last night, right? Uh, was it last night? Yeah, I think it was. Hmm. Yeah, I'll check. Check. I think he was. Yeah, I'm looking to see what's so Kincaid here on the. I'm trying to see where he, he even is on this list as far as save percentage goes. He's not high at all. He's um yeah he's number 53, save percentage wise. Um so he's not played that well. But Price, obviously Price is going to play so many games that yeah, it was Kincaid. It was. I mean, I thought from what I saw a little bit last night that Kincaid looked good. He will rebound like he'll go through these spells, but he is rock solid. Like you don't have to worry about Keith Kincaid. 
Right. Yeah. You can play Kincaid 25 to 30 games, and he's not priced, but at least he'll provide you with competent backup goaltending, and you can take the the burden off a of price. And that's the big thing for the, yeah. for the Canadians. If they want to make the playoffs, which I don't think they're going to, but if they go, if they're going to make the playoffs, they need a healthy and rested price to give them the best that he can in a 55 to 16 yeah. game season. Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, and they need Kincaid to be better than he's been um, so far, but okay. Okay. Yeah. He will be. okay. Number yeah. two. All right. Number two, Pekka Rene and Saros. No, no, sorry. Okay. Rene, yes. Saros, no. Saros is having a bad year. Yeah. Again, this is a kind of situation. It's, it's, I mean, Saros is having is having a is having a rough season so far. I do agree with you. Okay. Um, and this is again not statistically, but you know, this team has what is it? I'm looking at the crazy thing about the Predators is they've given up the second least, second fewest goals in the league and scored the second most right now. Sure, so, but they have they the Predators. I mean, they really. They, I mean, that's an enormous. They have rock solid defense. I am not giving this to them. No. No, they have rock solid defense, no question. And Saros is, has been, you know, not great. I agree with you. He's, he's number 55. No, no, not not great. He's been bad. He's been bad. But um, I still I still like the combination. Um, okay. So a little bit, maybe I'm going a little bit like, you know, going against myself here by saying so far. But I think that I'm going to say that I still like, I still think that that combination. Well, I, I, still, have, I still have my three. So I'm waiting for the number one to see who the number well, one is. Well, the number one is obvious, okay? that this, that this That's Rask and Halak, okay? So. Okay. Obviously, everyone's number one right now. Yeah, but you know, Rask is number one in save percentage in the in the NHL right now. Halak is number eighteen. Um, they are both, you know, if you go by save percentage, goals against average. Rask is a ridiculous. Uh, he's six and zero with a one point four one goals against average. He's running away with the Besna right now. Um, it's just not even close. I don't think there's another. I don't think there's anybody else that's close to him right now um, for the Vesna. Um, but you know, and and Halak, who is you know. Has played f- five games is three and one, three one and one, um, nine nineteen two fifty nine. So they're, they're they're the best. I mean they are the best. So Mike, you have you have two more that aren't that should be in the top ten that aren't. Yeah, one is Holtby and Samsonov in Washington. I yeah. think that Samsonov is their future number one, and they're using them more this year. And you know they're they're playing great. Uh, now Holtby, you know, isn't playing as great as he has in the past, but I think that Samsonov. You know, they think he's their number one. I th- I'd be surprised that they re-sign Holpe. Uh, the other yeah, one, maybe yeah. talk about that for a second because I'll tell you why I didn't put them on the list. Um, you know, granted, you know, Holpe, I put them on, I didn't put them on the list because if, in my opinion, when you're looking at duos, okay, you can't. This is not just even Steven. This is your 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 starter has to be really good right now. Like you know, to me, like if your starter, your starter is Holpe, you know, um, and he is not, and he. I hope he is like, I was just looking on here. He is great. He's like 47th in save percentage. Um, eight, 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 save percentage at three, five, five, 3.55 goals against average. Right. I mean, granted he's still five, one and three. Um, he's only lost one game in regulation because that's, that's how good that team is. Yeah. But, and, but he's, but they've only given up 200. He's only given up. The, the team has given up 260 shots in 10 games. So you're looking at 26 shots a game. Yeah. And um, and Kuznetsov has been good, but he's not that good. Um, he's been better than than him, but he's number thirty-one. So you're looking at two guys 
two goalies out of the top 30, so it's kind of hard to put them in the top 10. And Bartikus says, that, you know, the, the, we mentioned uh, the Rangers with uh, Georgiev and Lundqvist. They would have a ton of shots. I, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in the top 10 because, and I talked about this, because I think Georgiev is one of the best backups in the league, but Lundqvist at 37 or 38 years old is not one of the top 10 starters in the league. You know, the, the, no. the, the, one, the one I have, and the, the team, their team – has not played well this year. I still think that in the in the, eventually they will make the playoffs, and they'll and one of the reasons they'll make the playoffs is because of their goaltending tandem is Dallas with Ben Bishop and uh, and Kudobin. Yeah, that's a really good tandem. It is. It is potentially a good tandem, but like you say, so far it was good last year. The only key there is Bishop staying healthy, and if he did, he did most of last year. So you know, Kudobin is a former starter who you know, can play 25 to 30 games. I mean, if you're willing to not go 100% by stats with Montreal, then I think you should be willing to do that with Dallas. Yeah, but I have to go with the – see, the reason I'm not going 100% by stats with Montreal is that, okay, you know, Carey Price has has struggled, but he is – I'm watching him play. He's still winning – he's winning games. You know, like he's winning them games. He, and flat out is winning the games for them, um, where Bishop hasn't been. Like Bishop's 3-5-1. and one. He's 25th in save percentage. Um, you know – and and you know the other guy um, is Hadobin is um is is you know not is slightly is two and three he's two and three and he's and he's forty first. I mean, you you simply can't base it on their stats so far. Because yeah, but you can also base it. On, I'm basing it on a combination of things. Okay, so right. the me the way the things put together is first of all I'm going on your how good your starter is. Okay, your starter and there's no question Bishop is a good. I, I'm a big Bishop fan. I think he's the I think he's the best American born goalie playing right now. And I think if I was putting Olympic team together, he'd be my guy. Um, but I also think like you say, he gets hurt a lot and he has been inconsistent and I think that's going to be an issue there. And, and I think that, and I'm not, I'm not as big on Hadobin as you guys are for sure. And I and just, I'm just not like, I think that, I mean, he's, he's good, but he's not, he's not like the stellar backup. Um, and I'm, and not to say Kincaid is either, but price is better than Bishop. You know, that's just my, that's well, my I mean, last year for his GSAA, Bishop was the best in hockey and considering that that team, yeah. good defense, but not great. If you're willing to give Carey Price the benefit of the doubt, you should be willing to give Bishop the benefit of the doubt because he was better than Price last year with the extra goalie stat that really does mean something. All right, well, let's go. I'll go to the GSAA, GSAA right now where they are. Okay. Um, oh, so you Bishop can't go is right slightly. now because he's getting killed right now, but I'm going by last year because you're willing to go last year with Price too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's, I mean, I get it. I get it. No, I just, I, he I'm, doesn't have a good GSIA. I agree. I was, yeah, you know, actually, he's he's better than Price so far. Uh, okay. Bishop is, and GSAA. Um, but um, you know, the top number two in GSAA is Robin Leonard right now. So that's like, yeah, that doesn't shock me though. I mean, that's I mean, it, that's kind of crazy for Chicago to be so bad. Like, I really thought that if, if they got good goaltending, they would be. Well, better. They have good goaltending, but you can only. Yeah. This, this is what I try and tell people. In this era, when you've got guys that score, even on the fourth line, yeah. like guys that used to score on the second line 20 years ago, that great goaltending isn't enough anymore. Just saying a goalie is standing on his head is not enough anymore. If you don't have a defensive structure, you are done. If you're slow on defense like Chicago is and you can't work it in transition, you're done. A goalie yeah. can face so many two-on-ones in this league. No, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, Flamester in the in, on the message board wanted to know about Riddich and Talbot. You know, um, 
god, they're they could be one of the worst. I think yeah. and, I, and so far statistically, they haven't been very good. And British is thirty seventh. Um, in yeah. Talbot is ahead of him, I think. I think he's this, is the, this is the puzzling thing. We all looked at Calgary, like when we did our season preview of Calgary, and everybody assumed that when Talbot was brought in, that Talbot would be the guy, that he'd be the starter. And it's been Riddich, and right. they're 500 right now, and that's a team that shouldn't be 500. So it made, it made no sense to me that, that Talbot would be the starter, actually. Um, because I mean, Talbot, I mean, that's a team that won the Western Conference. Right. Well, you're saying Mike and I are stupid. Okay, we can live with that. I'm, not saying we're stupid. I'm just saying that Riddich is their goalie for the future. They brought in Talbot to be a backup. Yeah, but that's that's the problem. He's not a goalie of the future. Not not saying, yeah, they, they've overvalued him. He proved it last year when they decided to go with a 38-year-old yeah. Mike Smith in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. right. I, I agree. I mean, Lundqvist, by the way, 36th in, 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 right now in, uh, in save percentage. Um, and Gorgiev's 11th. So he's, he's definitely been um, – been better so far. Oh, yeah, no, Georgiev's been great. I mean, both those guys face a lot of bad, high-quality chances. Yeah, it's yeah. It's starting to get better, though. It's starting to turn around a little bit for them. Yeah. Not that they took Mark Stahl out, but that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. The yeah. other interesting thing on this list, so, I mean, if we were to do we got to go, I know, but if we were to do the worst um, the worst tandems in the league, it's, it's another fun thing to do. But um, well, right now, the Flyers is one of the worst. The Flyers are one of the worst. Um and Carter Hart would be. I mean, he's eighth worst. Um, How Howard and Bernier in Detroit. Yeah. Um. Here. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Elliot was player of the week. So it's hard to put them like completely. Well, not thirty thirty first, but probably twenty eighth. One of the worst. There he's were twenty in, in the twenties. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, Ottawa's down there. You know, the real tough one to do was. Um, was Marc-Andre Fleury because it's like, you know, you start to think about like, okay, how good Marc-Andre Fleury is and he's playing all the time. But, and you know, we talk about Vegas, like there's an incredible thing what Vegas did. And you just wonder, you know, like if Marc-Andre Fleury is never a part of that team, you know, if they didn't get Marc-Andre Fleury on Vegas, yeah, they don't win anything. They're, they're, they're an expansion team. Like every other expansion team. He's like Turk Broda, man. He's just, they're putting him out there every night. I mean, he's like eighth in save percentage. Okay, so and then you know, and his other goalies in save percentage. The, goal, the other goalies who played for the, for the Jets. I mean, for the Jets, for the for the Knights. Garrett Sparks twenty sixth. Uh, no, Garrett Sparks. I'm sorry, Garrett Sparks is fifty ninth, and Subban and Dansk are sixty three and sixty four. The two worst save percentage. Of course, yeah, they don't have anything there. I mean, think about like think about how much he like. How is he not the MVP? I'll, I'll tell you this. If this were the old NHL, like where I said that Jacques Plum played all 70 games, if this were a 70-game season, Fleury would play all 70 games. Yeah. I mean, it is just absolutely nuts. Well, one one thing before we end, Ak, it was like yeah. I was on the radio with uh, Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period uh, yesterday, and he, he, he reported on Wednesday that Pierre Dorian, the Sens GM, was in L.A. to watch the Kings play. I think it was the Canucks. Um, he's sort of putting and when we talked about it he thinks that there's the possibility of an ottawa la deal now we had those two teams combined for the gabrick Fanuf deal and yeah. we've heard the chatter about bobby ryan russ and i talked about it yesterday if a guy like jeff carter is involved in this i don't know how a team takes him in a deal when they know what he did in columbus a few jeff years or will not go there because he has a full no trade i was told and he will not let them trade him so, 
I mean, that's I, I honestly I do not envy Rob Blake and his situation. The only other thing I can think of is is it maybe it's Dustin Brown because Dustin Brown's got a lot. And he's, you know, even he, ha- even though he has diminishing skills, I think he's a heart and soul guy. He's a guy who's you know a. I do? If I'm Rob Blake, I trade Jeff Carter's best friend on the team. Yeah, well, that's hey, that's that upset him for the rest of the year. Uh, um, Russ, I don't, think, I don't think he cares. I mean, I think he, he lives in Manhattan Beach. He, he, I think he just likes life. I mean, he's just like he likes well, at his some life. Point, he's gonna care if he doesn't like the team he's on. That's what. That's what Punch Imlac did in 79. He traded Lanny McDonald to Colorado because he couldn't yeah. trade Gerald Sittler. Right. I don't think that matters to Jeff. I don't think that matters to him at all. Yeah, I'd be good, but I don't know. Um, it's possible. He's not, he definitely doesn't want to go anywhere. That's for sure. He's not going to. And I think that, I mean, I do think that I would like to see Bobby Ryan go to LA, though. I would like to see that. I think that would be a good move for him. I'm um, to, you know, but we'll see. I, I really do want to see Bobby Ryan. Obviously, just from my hometown, so I'm always pulling for Bobby. You were to find a better pizza place than the King of Pizza, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, pizza's way. Celeste, Celeste. All right, talking that frozen, Mike. This is a regular pizza place. I know. <laughs> all right, uh, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thanks for again for watching. Have a wonderful weekend, and remember, without the buzz, it is just hot. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.